Aloha and welcome to Kapiko Podcast. I'm Kyle Galdera with Kamehameha Schools Communications. I hope you and your Ohana are doing well. We really appreciate you joining us as we wrap up the month of March and look ahead to April. And on this episode, we're joined by Andrea Tupola, a 1998 Kamehameha Schools Kapalama graduate and the current Honolulu City Council floor leader. Mahalo, Andrea, for joining us today. Hey, Mahalo. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I know you have a very busy schedule, so we really appreciate and value your time. So I know you have a lot of manao to share with us. And just a reminder for our viewers and listeners, during this podcast, we really try to showcase some of the innovative approaches to education, community building, and leadership through a Native Hawaiian lens. So who who more perfect than Andrea to uh, impart her knowledge with us today? So um, thanks, Andrea. And let's start off by, if you can give us a brief background of your political career and, and kind of some of the leadership roles that you've had in your career so far. Yes, sure. Let's take it all the way back to the beginning. I was a song contest director, sophomore year. Nice. <laughs> That's definitely a leadership position, you know, leading your peers and also, you know, being in that competition level where you have to perform at a certain level and, of course, perform under pressure. And later, I was actually uh, the student body vice president for Brigham Young University when I was in college. So that we had a student body of 33,000 people. I had to interact with the governor of Utah and other entities across the collegiate front in Utah. So that was like a second type of leadership position that kind of led me to where I am today. Um, but I think the big uh, point in my philosophy of why I ended up entering into this field was when I lived in Venezuela. So when I was 23, I lived out of the country uh, in Venezuela. I did a mission for my church. And that really opened my eyes to philosophies, governments. At the time, Hugo Chavez was the president. They were practicing socialism. There was riots. I mean, there is still a huge amount of political turmoil in um in Venezuela. So shortly after I became a choir director, I taught at Leeward Community College and UH West Oahu and finished my master's degree. And then in 2014, I decided that I was going to run for office. It was a huge leap for me because it was not my background. I did not go to school for law. I did not major in political science. Probably nobody who knew me in high school would ever think that this would be where I am. And I entered because I felt the need to get involved in empowering our community. And it wasn't anything more than just, hey, I want to volunteer, I want to help. And the more I volunteered and helped, the more people were like, you should run for office. And I was like, what the heck is that? <laughs> is that the PTA? Are we talking about AYSO? I mean, my kids were two and three years old, so it didn't seem fitting for me. But talking to people was something very common for me. Um, mm -hmm. Connecting with people. Uh, hearing people's voices as a music teacher, all of that was very, very common. So I, for me, that, that was comfortable. And so I decided that running for office could be something good for the community, for myself, for my family. So I, I won in 2014. I was a legislator for four years for the West Side, and I was also the floor leader there and the minority leader. And then I ran for governor in 2018. So I took a little break, got elected to the city council in 2021, and here we are. Awesome. And, and with all those leadership experiences and your current role now, you know, that's that's a challenge in itself. But now you add the whole COVID-19 pandemic to the situation. And and how have you and your Ohana and even your, your cohorts in the city council, how have you been dealing with all the, the changes and being so flexible during this pandemic? You know, one of the things we learned through 2020 is, is the ability to pivot, right? So we learned about the 
the coronavirus, we decided to take some action as a family. And then, of course, the government took action on their end as in the form of mandates. But as it progressed, the key word in surviving through this was going to be to pivot, to change. And so we had to continue to change and modify and grow and learn. And so throughout the 2020 year, I actually held webinars, seminars where I would give out more information about what was going on because a lot of people were just searching for information. And I think coming into 2021, now that we have kind of completely pivoted out, meaning that now vaccinations are available, now we have people that have a large amount of people who have contracted it and overcome it and some have contracted it and, and unfortunately passed away, but we've now learned a lot. So I felt like coming into 2021 as a council member, you know, my goal was to really address the tier system because the tier system was erected in a time where we didn't have a lot of knowledge. Now we do. So how do we pivot out of that and then still help some of our local families be able to have income, be able to operate their businesses? And how do we do it in a safe way? So one of the first things that I did with the mayor this year was the entry of sports back in mm -hmm. for kids and for adults. And it was important for me because in a health epidemic, you want to make sure that people are out there exercising, that they're actually staying healthy because the the proactive side of health could have far more reach than the reactive side. So we need to be proactive in protecting ourselves in this future generation. So to answer your question, lots of pivoting and lots of learning and then quickly trying to adapt that learning into policy. Awesome. And uh, to go back to your last point, I'm, I'm very appreciative of your and, and some of your colleagues efforts because as a baseball coach and a football referee, there's been a lot that we've been missing out on. So. I'm really looking forward to sports coming back soon. But uh, just kind of in general, you know, talk about the sense of pride that you feel, you know, being able to make such an impact as far as growing communities and, and uplifting your, your friends and neighbors and family as part of the work that you do and, and just being an OEV leader in the landscape you operate in. Yes, thank you for the question. It has been so, it has been such a blessing to be, um, be a leader and especially on the west side of Oahu where we have so many native Hawaiians and I personally you know didn't learn a lot about my culture until I went to Kamehameha schools I knew a little bit about it but I learned a lot more when I was in school and then of course a lot more since then mm -hmm. and then I had my children I decided that I was going to put my daughter into Punanaleo and then I fully immersed myself into the language I took Hawaiian when I was at Kamehameha and then my other daughter entered into uh, Kayapuni. And so I, I kind of, I feel like as a leader, I have largely benefited from being a leader on the West side. Like I know everyone who does know me knows that I grew up in Hawaii. I was born in Kahuku, but when we relocated and bought a home in Waianae in 2010, I never ever thought anything would result like me running for office. I just felt the feeling when we bought our home, this is where we're meant to live. This is where we're meant to raise our kids. And so I just wanted to, you know, mahalo my community because I like literally had no idea when I was going to high school where the heck all my classmates live. And now I'm like, oh, they all live on the west side. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, and I love it, right? Because I have classmates everywhere um, where my kids go to school. But I personally feel so grateful that I get to serve in these communities and do small things like back to school bashes. I do emergency preparedness fairs. I throw young women's prom events. I do uh, quarterly cleanups. And a lot of the events and the things that I choose to do 
they are not necessarily tied to me being a legislator because not all legislators are doing cleanups. I mean, it's just something right. that I feel like is important. And that's a message that I hope a lot of the young Kamehameha students will, will learn is you don't need an invitation to stand up and lead. And you don't need an invitation to make a positive impact in your community. You can just do it. I like that. And that's a perfect segue into my next question, because uh, just to give our listeners and viewers some background, one of the reasons we're doing this podcast with Andrea and our most recent episode with Tommy Waters and an upcoming episode with Esther Kia'aina is that all three of these KS graduates are now in key leadership roles on the Honolulu City Council. So with that being said, knowing that, you know, three KS graduates are making a huge impact, not only for your individual communities, but across the island and even to a degree, you could say the state because there's a lot of trickle down involved with your decision making. How important is that? And do you did you ever think that you would be involved with, you know, so many other KS grads that are in these leadership roles? Um, I, I did not know coming to the council what it would be like at the legislature. It was also pretty lonely. I mean, we have Kalani English, who's a Kamehameha grad, Kaniela Ng, who grad from um, Maui uh, Kamehameha schools. We had a few others, but not a lot. There wasn't there wasn't a huge amount of Hawaiians that were part of the 76 legislators. So it kind of feels, you know, like home when you're with other people who went to the same school as you, have similar thoughts about empowering the community, about taking care of the land. And of course, working alongside Esther and Tommy has been awesome because we just all have different backgrounds, you know? Tommy's a lawyer, I'm not. The other mm -hmm. day, we walked out of the hearing and Tommy's like, man, Andre, you killed it. I said, oh, I'm just pretending like I'm a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, no, you have it in your blood. I mean, my, my father's a retired family court judge, but I, I don't have extensive background in what I'm doing. So I always feel a little inadequate. I, I feel like I, I could make a mistake or I could say a word wrong. But really, that's part of public service is learning aside, learning alongside your constituents and being vulnerable in the areas where you don't know stuff and just saying, I don't know, could you teach me? Could you teach me what this is about or what those words mean? And Esther has an extensive federal background and very interested in stuff that I don't know. So I learn from Esther every day and I'm just grateful to have two other KS grads that are willing to learn alongside me as well. Okay, and just hearing you describe Tommy and Esther's influence on you, it seems like they've become role models for you. So knowing that you're in this role now, how does it feel knowing that you're a role model for, for aspiring Native Hawaiians, you know, uh, young Keiki that are looking at you as that, you know, oh, maybe I can do that one day. How, how much, uh, what kind of pride does that bring to you? You know, I, I just spoke at a youth event for the North Shore uh, churches this past Friday. And whenever I get to speak to young kids, whether it's eighth graders, sixth graders, doesn't matter what grade they're in. I feel such a, a huge responsibility to to help guide them because part of who I am is helping to lead this next generation of youth. Because one day when I'm not here, I'm hoping that I've left a legacy that they can build on, that they can grow from. So when I speak to the youth, when I share with them my story, it's super important for me to help to guide them and empower them to be, hold on, not a politician, to be more of themselves. 
because we all don't need to do the same thing. We all don't need to strive for the same job. I mean, we need Kanaka in the media industry, in the environmental industry. We need them in the developer. I mean, we need that voice and that viewpoint everywhere. And the more we can be true to who we are and what our purpose is, the more that our contribution is going to have the impact that it can have on generations to come. Awesome. Yeah, I really like that mindset. And, you know, you, you kind of touched on the, the youth sports and, and, and getting that back to normal. But without getting too deep into the nitty gritty politics, what are some other issues that, you know, you really kind of hold close to your heart as far as what you're trying to trying to impart or or maybe enact to really help the community that, that you serve? Um, well, the next initiative that we're working in regards to the tiers is we were just able to get the wedding industry back on board. And that is florists, that is MCs, that's DJs, that's um, planners, that's venues. And a big part of my message when I ran for governor was to help create a more affordable Hawaii so that more local families can live here for generations to come. So if you were to ask me what my goal is, what my vision is as a leader, I would love for more local families to live here. I would love for more local families to, to have their kids and their grandkids and their great grandkids grow up in this place that we call home because mm -hmm. at this time it's so easy for people to relocate and say, well, it's cheaper somewhere else. And it might be, it very well might be, but the kind of place, the kind of culture we have here, that's worth fighting for. That's worth staying here for. And I try to encourage people who are like, yeah, Andre, you're doing so awesome. I'm like, I need your help. Oh my right. gosh, what's my help? I'm like, move home, <laughs> move home, help me out. I mean, a lot of my classmates don't live here anymore. So I really feel like in order for us to continue to create a future for our children, we have to be able to make those sacrifices and say, yes, I will sacrifice my career as a music teacher. I will put that aside so that I can do public service for a little bit. Mm -hmm. I will sacrifice the comforts of having a huge house and nice cars to live here so that my kids can get to know their grandparents, so that they can go see my mom and dad every day, so they can go talk to their grandparents in Kahuku. I want my children to know how important the language is, their culture is, the people are, so that when they go out and do what they need to do, they have such a strong anchor, you know, an anchor that is like a foundation that's unshakable because those are the kind of people that can make an impact in this world. Awesome. I like it. And last thing before we let you go, I know you have a lot, a lot going on with the council, but what words of wisdom and encouragement do you have, like I said, for those that are kind of looking up at you as an example, as a role model, or even somebody, like you said, like yourself, who didn't really have an eye on politics, but found this channel as a way to really help people. What what would you say to them to, you know, maybe some parting words to, to just to get, get people encouraged during these interesting times we're living in? You know, I think living with purpose, you know, when you decide to enter the career field you're entering, whether it's journalism, maybe media, maybe law, you always have to think about what is the purpose? You know, is there a purpose behind what I'm doing? Because there's two ways that you can choose your path, right? You can choose where your skill set are is or what you like, which for me, I like music. I grew up around music. My mom was a music teacher. I was like, I'm going to be a musician the rest of my life. I love this. And you can always have that passion. But with your passion, you might also have a purpose. 
And when you can bring that passion and purpose together, when you can find things that you're passionate about, but that also serve the purpose of maybe uplifting the community, maybe bettering the lives of, you know, um, people who are going through rehabilitation, maybe it's helping in homeless services. Really, that's what fulfills your life. It's not the position you hold. It's the purpose you serve in that helps you to do that job every day, day in, day out, making a difference in the lives of others around you. So I just want to encourage everyone listening, use your passion and do what you can to bless the lives of others, but find that purpose and do more for others than what you could have because you bring a specific and unique skill set to that purpose. Thank you. Awesome. That's great, Mana'o, to wrap up this episode of Kripiko Podcast. And don't forget, you can catch us on all the Kamehameha School's social media channels, uh, ksbe.edu in the Imua Newsroom. And as I mentioned before, keep an eye out for the spring edition of Imua Magazine, which we're expecting to come to homes in mid to late May. So keep an eye on your mailboxes because we're going to have that feature story involving Andrea, Esther, Esther Kiaina, and Tommy Waters. So that'll be a great alumni feature. Uh, for Andrea, I really appreciate your time. Uh, take care. I'm Kyle and aloha. Aloha, Kyle.